I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh, hi. It is another Wednesday, which means it is another episode of Awkward Sex and the City. Um, and yeah, it's just me again. I promise there are guests coming. I swear to God. I swear to God. Um, I actually worked really hard in trying to get a guest for this this episode. And no one could do the times that I had available, uh, which has been probably the hardest thing about getting used to a job. Because like with the job, I could just record without a job. I mean, I could just record whenever. I can't do that anymore. And I forgot what that's like. I'm six weeks into a job and I'm still adjusting. Um, but money's great, right? Capitalism's awesome when you get money. Ugh. It's also like eight o'clock in the morning right now. I am recording this before my job. I even had a three-day weekend and I was just like, yes, I'm going to get so many guests that I'm just going to just just go back to back. Because I that's how I used to like to do it is because I like my me time. I used to like record four episodes like in the studio at once. Um, I'm not sure if that was the best uh, for me because uh, I would definitely be at the fourth interview just kind of dead. I mean, you'd be drained, you know? It takes a lot of energy to listen. And I know that sounds like a sarcastic thing, but for me, it's not. Like it takes a lot of energy for me to listen. It can be very draining. And so this is actually probably better for the podcast and for you guys. Um, but your girl likes to sit in her bed and watch Gilmore Girls for five hours straight a lot. Like I, I've been doing this probably for a decade and I still haven't hit the point where I'm like, oh, I'm sick of this. Um, I love my bed. 
I love my bed so much. Um, I don't know about you guys. Like, <laughs> side note, I'm doing this in the morning as well because the three day weekend. Um, could not think about what I wanted to talk about. So here we are uh, doing this now. But what I meant to say is, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how you recharge, right? Like I've got friends that recharge with their friends and I'm just like, absolutely not. I cannot imagine that being the way that I recharge. Um, mine is complete silence from everyone. I just don't want to be around anyone. And not in like a mean way. It's just, I want to do dumb shit alone in my room. I don't know how other, how else to explain that or describe that. But like one of the big ways, and I've talked about this repeatedly, that I like to recharge. And I have done this my whole fucking life, which is just closing the door to my bedroom, locking it. When I was a child, I'd play the music very loud out of my bright pink Hello Kitty radio, which was a sad day when I let her go. She was a beaut. Um, thinking that if the door was locked and closed, no one could hear the music. Fun fact about like how the world works, my whole family heard everything. As much as we have bickered in my adult years, they were very patient through the phases of 18s. If you don't know who 18s is, I feel sorry for you. It's just ABBA. It's just covers of ABBA. Um, by four hot people, <laughs> Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, even though I was definitely team NSYNC, Nick Carter always just gave me weird vibes, Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, 98 Degrees, just over and over again, just dancing like a fucking idiot. Um, and I still do that. That is still, to this day, one of the best ways for me to just kind of like reset. And Aaron hates it because I won't let him see it. This is very true. I locked the door. He he was like, but what if something happens to you and the door is locked? I was like, we can unlock our doors. And I've done it myself. You you just, all you do is just like twist the knob or like the, the little thing and you can open the door. It's totally fine. Our doors don't even don't even completely lock. You have to like really slam the door to, to lock it or for the lock to like be in the switch where it sticks. I don't know. So it's like very easy for him to do it, but I'm just like, no, like this is my thing. No one's seen it except one of my brother's friends who saw me dancing in the garage to NSYNC. Um, Cause yes, I was pretending that the garage was a fucking stage. Um, actually, that's not true. A lot of people have seen this that are not my family or like close people in my life. Um, my brother's friend, he saw that and he was like, I'm immediately telling your brother. And of course I was devastated for a week. I probably was like 10. Um, it's fine. Who cares? Uh, and then I used to also, <laughs> we use our garage as like a, a playroom. Like my parents didn't put their cars in it. Like there was toys in there and stuff. So I would on, you know, bright sunny days to get sun into the garage. I would, you know, open the garage door, play my music <laughs> and like rollerblade or like danced and makeup routines. And I remember <laughs> I never like connected the dots when I was younger, but our neighbors would like watch me and not in a creepy way. At least I don't think that. So they were like nice to us. They would always like make sure if I was okay, if I was like waiting for the bus and stuff like that. Like I don't personally, I don't think so, but 
I was also a child, so who fucking knows? But they would just like watch me because here's this fucking kid in like rollerblades making up a routine, pretending she's like an Olympic ice skater. That was my fave. Or uh, pretending I was an Olympic gymnast. Uh, still, still partake in that make-believe scenario, which is another reason why like, I don't want people to see this, right? Like I am a 32-year-old woman pretending that I am like <laughs> on the 1996 Olympic team. And it's, I don't know, that's, this is kind of embarrassing to admit. Like, I know I have friends that listen to this, but if you ever just are like stressed and just want to like relax and release, I highly recommend it. Put on an an ABBA song and pretend you're in the Olympics and it's great. I actually did gymnastics as a child for like four days. And then they told me, not me, they told my parents I was like too fat So that's cool. So maybe that's why I'm always like, it could have been, it could have been me. I don't think so, especially with my knees, which I've talked to you guys about in length. Um, My knees are not, as one doctor said, your knees are not like other people's knees, which just, they're skeletally like not lined up correctly. So another fun thing, which I've definitely talked about on the podcast, is when I did all these dances, especially in my youth, um my knees would dislocate and I had no clue what the fuck was going on. I had no clue how to explain it to my parents, except this is very searing pain. And I also started kind of hiding it from my parents because I, like, I remember the first time it happened, I was like five and, um, me and like my brother's friends and my brother and some of my friends were doing like a race around the house. And I was actually fucking winning. And I like, pivoted really hard on a turn and that's like the thing is like you can't pivot too hard when your knees like aren't aligned correctly because then they can pivot out of the joint um at least in my case (laughs) I don't know what does have to do with sex we'll find out that sounds like it's happened to me during sex and it hasn't knock on wood because that would be an awkward sex story but like so it happened and I fell really hard because at least for me like when my knees have dislocated you just fall straight to the ground um I have kicked and hit those bad boys back into place too and I don't think that's very sound and as a 32 year old that's kind of has a painful knee right now it's like "Mm, yes this is starting to add up but basically you know, I fell to the ground. I was screaming in pain because it really hurt. And I tried to clean my dad and he was just like, I think you just fell. And it's like, no, I know what fucking falling feels like at five. This is not falling pain. Anyways, very, very not fun pain. Um, and so we wouldn't figure it out until, uh, I think I was like 21. I think it's my senior year of college. I was training for a marathon and it didn't happen while I was running. It happened when I was, you guessed it, dancing in my room like an idiot during one of the breaks. And I finally was just like, we, I have to figure out what this is. I need to know what this is. And my dad was just kind of like, that's convenient that this happened while you're training for a marathon. Granted, I had like just ran like the most miles ever in my life, which was like 15. Um, Cause we were like halfway through training or something. And finally, finally fucking get an MRI. Even the doctors don't fucking believe me. They're like, it's fine. You're fine. And then they called like my mother frantically and was just like, oh my God, no, this is like, 
like she needs to be in physical therapy. She needs to be doing this. And of course I was 21 being like, I don't need physical therapy. Yeah. If your doctor said you need to do it. Where did this come from? This is, let's get this on to sex. Oh, this, this was all from how do you recharge? How do you de-stress yourself? Do you? Do you have the time to do that? I do um, miss that. People asking me about the job, like, do I like it? And it goes in a cycle, right? Like, payday, it's great. Love the job. I get paid on a Friday. I have Fridays off. So it's like double whammy. Love it. Weekend, great. Start over. And then you slowly start to hate the job a little bit more and more. And then you get paid again and you're happy again, right? It's still like a, like a cycle. Like, this is how jobs work, right? I feel like that's what it was like at Trader Joe's, except the cycle was longer because you got paid every two weeks. I get paid every week, which is just like, holy shit, the best. But if you aren't aware, jobs take up a lot of your free time. And that's kind of where I'm at right now is having this job, which is great. Love it. Here for it. Uh <laughs> And love it here for it in that like, oh my God, I'm not stressing about money and haven't, I haven't felt this way in a very long time. I was telling Aaron, I was like, I don't think you've ever actually known me um, to not be like budgeting like crazy. Um, and now I can kind of breathe. You don't realize like how much of a stressor that is in your life until that stressor is not there anymore. And I had definitely just gotten used to that type of budget and like piecemealing jobs together. And I had been told in the past to look into like working at a day job that I am working in. Um, you know me, I'm not going to tell you what it is because I like some privacy in my life. But of course, you know, I was uh, very flippant and just very arrogant about it. Just being like, no, I know what I need to do. I need to babysit. I need to do this. I need to have freedom. And now just in like retrospect, like just seeing how much of my quote unquote freedom was occupied by making sure uh, I was paying all my bills and had this and that and this, you know, like me and Aaron are going to move this summer um, to kind of capitalize on the low rent in the city right now or the lower rent. It's still, it's still pretty high, but the last time we moved, I had to pick up another job and actually technically picked up two fucking jobs on top of Trader Joe's uh, that required a lot of my time, a lot of my emotional availability, a lot of my physical availability, babysitting. And I was already working at Trader Joe's from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. So like I was just working these 12 hour days, not getting home until like seven, having to be up at five to be at this location and just can't, you can't create uh, in that way. For me, and I don't know about you and I can't speak for anyone else, I cannot create well stressed, um, no matter what type of stress is. So like a good portion of the pandemic, when we really had no control, which aka my worst nightmare, no control and had no idea of what the end game looked like or when it was coming. I was like truly paralyzed um, creatively, truly. 
And there was that guilt with it when everyone's like, I'm taking all this free time to like write the novel and do this. And I was like, well, shouldn't I be doing that? It's like, no, because this is horrifyingly scary. Um, anyhow, it's fun to look back on, but it's not because a lot of people fucking died and it was a horrifying experience. People still ask me, um, people in my like new day job were like, because not everyone lives in New York, was like, what was it like? And I was like, I traumatizing. And I don't use that word lightly. Like it was fucking traumatizing. Droves of people left. Like um, everyone was scared. I mean, I guess it just all goes back to uh, this past year, right? This past year. And trying to get any type of grasp on it, which who knows if that's even healthy. Like I sometimes just want to be like, let's just, you know, this year goes in the bottom drawer and we just close it and we lock it. But like at the same time, like I don't want to forget this year either. Personally, there was a lot of uh, personal growth. And I think there was a lot for a lot of people. I think there was a lot of like refinding your worth, your self-worth. Um, and fun fact, if you're like, I want to find that, I'll, it'll be so much easier. The first couple of months are not fun. <laughs> They're not. It's actually like, it's that whole like the healing hurts more than the wound shit. Um, it's true. But I still think it's necessary. Like, I'm not going to be like, I don't recommend. I highly recommend. I highly recommend growth and learning about yourself. That's why I hate this whole episode. It's like, Natalie, <laughs> durr. Um, it is so surreal to like be sitting where I'm sitting right now and like looking out the window and seeing the buds of the trees come out because it's, you know, it's the beginning of April. It's starting to warm up. New York finally might be an actual spring because I don't know. It was like 40 degrees on Friday. Um, I think the high is like 65 today. And I just remember last year just being like counting the days by watching the trees grow <laughs> and just being like, oh, just once the trees get green, like it's going to be better. And it was, it actually was, right? Like I will talk about it forever. The summer was fucking magical. The summer is going to be a fucking shit show. Um, you can feel it. It's coming. <laughs> just like that burp did. One time I was on the phone with someone because I have weird burps. Me and my dad both like can't burp burp. They get stuck in our throat and it sounds disgusting. And I was like on the phone like for a meeting, not with work, something with something else. Um, and the person on the line was like, what was that noise? And I was just like, I was really hoping you didn't hear it. Um, but they did. And it's, you know, it's just part of my truth. And I apologize for saying that. It is very early. I don't know. It is what it is. I think I'm also just kind of feeling, I just realized I was feeling weird. I didn't sleep well last night. Aaron's going back to like into the the job again, which is just, we've done this before back in September and it was weird, but I got used to it because your girl loves her alone time. So it was like, oh, right, right. Uh, but it's just weird again. It is that, you know, getting used to a new change. And that isn't that what this whole fucking year has been. And it all circles back, right, to the pandemic, right? It's just, it's just a through line. 
I I can't ignore it. It's just there. <laughs> Going back to last week about like the next couple months being bumpy. Uh, you know, Friday, I was officially fully vaxxed. April 2nd was two weeks after my second shot um, on a subway. And I thought it was going to be really weird. And I thought I was going to get really emotional. And then I get down there and I was like, oh, right. You've like ridden the subway like eight and a half years of your life. Like this, this feels exact. It felt exactly the same like exactly the same every time we went on the train to uh, this weekend and to have like a metro card again I kept readying myself for the freak out or for the bumpiness and it didn't come yet I s- at least this weekend and this weekend like you know uh hung out with friends went in the subway went to Coney Island I don't know got brunch outdoor brunch um all these things that like I don't know that I was just like this is gonna be weird and I'm tensing up right now as I talk about it but it wasn't tense there I don't know um I was actually just thinking the other day like I was like I've been outside with like people that I actually really want to get tested though they're recommending that like unless you have symptoms you shouldn't get tested not that you shouldn't have, but like you don't have to. I don't know. It's weird. Um, book like two Amtrak tickets. I don't know why I can't think of the word. Seeing, no, I have like a date when I'm seeing my parents. Um, I haven't seen them since December of 2019. Uh, so everything's weird still. I don't understand time. <laughs> why? Why do you ask? Uh, why are you bringing that up? So Friday was mine and Aaron's uh, six year anniversary, which is wild because uh, we both were like, it doesn't feel like it's six years because it's flown by. Right. So it's like, why? How does time work? Um, I have nothing to say about it. I have no like that's it. Like that's that's the thing. It's been six years. <laughs> what? And what was really funny. Um and so we went to Coney Island um, that weekend, and I like posted about it on Instagram. And the guy, this guy that I was, we're friends still, but like literally fucked him the day before mine and Aaron's first date. Um, was like, oh my god, I was at Coney Island too, and it turns out we were like at the same bar and just didn't realize it at the same time, and. I don't know. Do your like worlds collide like that? Like mine do that a lot. And like me and this guy like are on good terms. Um, again, like I don't know if I want to say ended amicably because we never were like a thing. We were definitely we were always very like, oh, this is a sex thing. Um, and I think I have talked about it before. He was part of my year of dick. Um, met at actually one of my comedy shows someone had recommended him to me to perform. And the first time we met, I was actually in like a really bad relationship still and totally missed that he was like hitting on me. And then I was like, I remember that night so well too, because like I was like waiting for my ex or not. Yeah. I was waiting for my then boyfriend to like come 
he was like supposed to come to the show. He didn't come to the show. And he was supposed to come to the bar after the show. And he was like, actually, why don't you come here? And I had to like walk like a fucking 20 minute walk out of the way and got there. And he was like, oh, we're leaving now. We're going back that way. And it's like, fuck you. And this whole time I'm like texting him at the bar of like the show of the venue that I used to do the show at. And here's this dude just like, hey, that's a great show. That's a great set. Like, when did you get into comedy? Um, and I totally brushed him off because I wasn't paying attention. And I was also in a relationship. But I was just like, yeah, I don't know. Um, I got to go. I have to go meet my boyfriend. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was miserable. I was so miserable. I, I like broke up with him, I think like a month. It was like a month or two after that. And what, what, there was not much time left on uh, this relationship, thank God. And I don't remember how me and this dude like reconnected because um, it wasn't right after me and that guy broke up. Um, it was actually another dude that I met at my show. Um, we had exchange numbers because he was like running late and he was like, I'm just going to be in the back, blah, blah, blah. And just text me when you want me to come out or something like that. And then like a day after he started texting me and I was like, this guy is, this guy is hitting on me. Um, and I was very mutual. I was very, I had like a crush on this dude, like a comedy crush. And so I completely forgot about the other guy, you know, cause I was like, oh, this dude that I built up in my mind that I would then later like period all over his bed. Not the dude that was at Coney Island. <laughs> I can't, I can't use any names. So all of this is confusing, but <laughs> I like ran into him again none of this makes sense. We're, what should I call him? We're going to call one comedy crush and one Coney Island. So I ran into comedy crush a little while after I had broken up with the ex. Very randomly, I saw him talking on the phone as I was like walking into a bar that I would frequent, bar slash venue I would frequent a lot. And I was like, holy shit, that's him. I had just gotten my hair like done, like dyed and cut. So it looked, I looked amazing, um, but it had poured. So my hair actually got messed up immediately. And I wasn't wearing like the right shoes for the rain, but I like had told my friend I was coming to the show, but I ran late. So I saw him like go into like the vestibule and I was like I bet I can time this perfectly so it looks like a total accident and I just like I watched I watched him go through and like I waited literally a minute because that's also where the restrooms were and as I opened the door he was like coming out and I was just like hey and he was like hey and that like was literally it I remember being on my period being like we probably won't have sex tonight, but it'd be fun to hang out with him and then totally have sex. <laughs> and I can't remember if I told this on the podcast before, but so we like go back to his place. He has a car, which was very clutch. We would just like, he just drive us back to his place. And because we would hook up a lot. And um, <laughs> we get there and it was just kind of like, hey, I'm on my period. <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. Like, I can put a towel down and he literally like put a towel down. And, um, so I went to, you know, take out my tampon. Of course it was like a very dude's <laughs> apartment slash bathroom. And yes, he did not have a bed frame. And 
I pull out a tampon and I flush it and the tampon flushes, but all the blood doesn't. And so now I'm just freaking out because I'm trying to like clean this man's toilet bowl and I can't find fucking toilet bowl cleaner. So I literally use like head and shoulders like shampoo and I've now been there in 10 minutes to the point that he's knocking on the door being like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and then we would like have sex and then he'd be like, it was early. Like it was like, I think we had like went to his place like at 8 PM and I was like, okay, um, I'm going to go. And he was like, well, are you going to go to grab tampons and come back or like, or like what, like anything's cool. And I was just like, huh, I have options here, but I decided to leave. I like balled up some toilet paper and met my friend at I think beauty bar and like danced there and like blood like was like trickling down my legs because I was wearing a dress all of that is to say nothing I don't know I don't know where I was going with that I'm glad I got sex in there we're always glad to get sex in there um I'm gonna leave it at that I'm gonna stop there that story is much better than what I just said, but it's more because I have to work it out. It's one for the stage. I just haven't done the work. Um, yeah, guys, thank you again for always listening, for always being here. Keep washing your hands, even if you've been fully vaccinated. Keep wearing your mask, even if you've been fully vaccinated. There will be guests very soon, I promise. And I will see you guys next week. Stay safe.